Hi, I'm Amanda, and it is what it is. Everybody and welcome back to It Is What It Is. I have another guest this week that I'm super excited to introduce. Um, today I will be talking with my friend Brittany Porter. She is an energetic healer. She offers Akashic Records readings, Reiki healing, energy coaching, um, probably some other things too. <laughs> um, she and I just did a live on Instagram together on Friday. And if you missed that, it's been uploaded to her Instagram page and you can check it out there. And even though we talked for a solid two and a half hours during that live, we still have a lot to talk about. So welcome, Brittany. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me, Amanda. I am so excited. We had so much fun at our live. And so I know this is going to be spectacular and I very much appreciate you having me on. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I feel like after that two and a half hour live and we even spend time not on live talking, we could just talk forever, I think. <laughs> We did go off on several tangents, um, but you know, sometimes like those create such magic because you get in the flow and that creative state and passionate about things that you're talking about. So I think those are healing in and of themselves, even if it isn't exactly on topic. <laughs> That's true. And I think for me, um, and this, this kind of ties into what we're, we're talking about today, but I think I am someone that needs a lot of structure. <laughs> uh, like I need to have notes and um, I need to feel prepared for the things that I'm doing. And so I think embracing that have it, we had, you know, we had an agenda and things that we kind of wanted to cover, but following those tangents, wherever they were going um, has kind of been an exercise for me of like letting go a little bit. <laughs> oh, I love that. And for me too, because I have been a very, controlling person in the past and not necessarily with other people but sometimes uh, but just within myself I have had times where I just have to force things to happen and then happen a certain way and so even when we were talking about the live I was like I'm gonna make some bullet points but if we go off topic it's gonna be great and just reassuring you and I because we have very similar personalities <laughs> and so I it's very healing for both of us uh for letting go and letting flow yep just trusting wherever we are led um and this so here is the um the pull for today this comes from warrior goddess wisdom um and it's like a daily daily inspirational book but anyway um, the quote at the top is the great thing about getting older is that you don't lose all the other ages you've been. Um, it says one thing I've noticed is the older I get, how my spirit and my heart grow more with each day. I feel more comfortable in my own skin now that I ever did in my 20s. The movies and the TV shows and the mass media will tell you that you're supposed to go from an awkward teen to a confident young adult seemingly overnight. Then before you know it, you're supposed to have to fight against the horrors of old age. 
but that's just not the case. It takes time to ripen. Whether you consider yourself young or old or somewhere in between, it's never too early or too late to start growing into your own skin. The older we get, the more memories, stories, skills for becoming our best selves we accumulate. We know enough at 40 not to jump headlong into a situa situation we get lost in at 30. Whatever age you are now will help you inform the age that you are becoming. Remember that age is just a number and not an indication of how well your skin fits. <laughs> um, and it says, take a moment. The action for the day is to take a moment to be grateful for all the ways you've ripened. Think of all the progress you've made in becoming the woman you are meant to be. And I think that fits right along with what we're talking about today. It fits along with what our live was too. I absolutely love that. And if you mind if I share an experience I had the other day. Go for it. Okay. So I used to have a very intense fear of getting older. Mm. <laughs> like it was, it, it was just something that was just very present in my mind. And a lot of that had to do with control and worrying about, you know, I have to get all these things done before I get older. And like, I wouldn't be capable or something <laughs> when I got to that age. And so the other day I did a meditation and uh, the person who was speaking led us into an elevator and the button said 80. And so we went up to floor 80 and I didn't realize that it was my 80 year old self we were oh. headed towards. And so when I stepped out of the elevator, she was there to greet me with such love and she was so spunky and she was just so <laughs> exuberant and colorful and like glittery, like just like I like being now. And she was telling me she still enjoys all the things I enjoy now and was just giving me so much encouragement. And I said, oh, there's nothing to fear. I am still going to be me and I'm going to be in the world of beauty and grace, no matter what age I am. And like that fear was just that control. Like we were talking about, like worrying about having to get things done, like while you're young, when you can still do <laughs> anything you want to do at any age. And so that, that really brought me a lot of healing doing that meditation. So while you're reading from the book, it was almost like she was coming back and saying, see, <laughs> this message is for you again. Just in case you <laughs> forgot. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, would that happen to be something that's on YouTube or, or where? Uh, would... Yes. Okay. So the woman who does it, her name is Iris Daly and she does a lot of TikToks and she has a YouTube and she did a 30 day meditation and it's within one of the 30 days. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to check that out. <laughs> yes. I will send her your channel. You will love her. She's, she's amazing. Awesome. Um, so there's something else I was going to say. Oh yeah. When you were, when you were talking about that just then, um, and, and we're, this is sort of what we're getting into, but really just this idea of like, there is no such thing as like a, an actual timeline for when you need to do certain things in your life. And I, you know, I get caught in up into that a lot of times, especially now that I am nearly divorced, uh, don't have any kids. And I, you know, I just, I see where, I get stuck in that space of comparing myself to other people and where I am as opposed to where they are, um, which of course is not helpful at all. But there's these these rules that our society has made up. Like they're they are that they are made up, um, and wherever you are is where where you're supposed to be. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you, and I am having a bit of a tower moment that I'm going through right now as far as reassessing where I am in life and what I'm doing. And I have been putting an immense amount of pressure on myself to get to some certain point. 
<laughs> and the thing is, there is no point. Like life is continual. Time is not linear. You never know where it's going to take you. I might not be doing what I'm doing right now, you know, 10 years from now, just like what I'm doing now, I did not anticipate <laughs> when I was younger. And so I was having that conversation with someone and they said, you're putting so much pressure on yourself to have things done at a certain time. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, what, what, where are you trying to go? And like you said, we compare ourselves a lot of times and say, well, this person's here and this person's here, but we're all living different experiences and we're meant to enjoy the ride and what it has for us. And just because somebody else looks a certain way or is doing something doesn't mean that that is in alignment with us. Exactly. Exactly. And that is a perfect segue into um, you sharing your story. So I, I've mentioned a few times that I really want to start emphasizing more storytelling on this podcast moving forward, especially when I have guests. Um, and I, I just, again, I, I think there's something so powerful about people telling their stories. Um, I think it's healing for the person that is telling their story. I think it's healing for the people that are listening that can identify to parts of those stories. Um, and so with that being said, if you would share your story with us about, um, how, you know, how you came to your awakening, your healing journey, how you came to do the different things that you're doing now, you know, wherever, wherever you feel called to go. Okay. I was going to say, how far do you want me to start back, Amanda? <laughs> hey, wherever you want to go. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll do the major highlight points. <laughs> Sounds good. So I was homeschooled until ninth grade. And I was raised by my grandparents, who I love very much. They are now past, and they are uh, part of my spirit team. <laughs> but they uh, adopted me and my sister, and because my mom was not very prevalent in my life, she was popping in and popping out, um, and that caused a lot of anxiousness and depression and a lot of trauma and a lot of abandonment issues Like as I was getting older. And my grandparents were wonderful. They did the best they could <laughs> helping me through that. Um, and then when I got in, so I was kind of isolated where I was at as well. I grew up on a tree farm. It was just way out in the woods. And so I just didn't have a lot of interactions with other people in general. I grew up in a very Christian household. My grandfather was a preacher, Southern Baptist preacher. <laughs> and so coupled with that, there was just a lot of constructural things that I grew up in, if that makes it, we don't have to go super deep into that. <laughs> but um, there was just a lot of constraints in growing up and in being told how I needed to act, what I needed to say, what it meant to be a female, that mm -hmm. your body is something that needs to be, you know, covered at all times. And there's just like a lot of shame and guilt programming that mm -hmm. was placed in. And so that was something that I have had to continuously work on to uproot and heal throughout my life. And so when I turned 14, um, I told my grandparents I was not going to do school or they could send me to school. <laughs> it was like the very first time that I felt like a very strong boundary with someone. And no one was teaching me how to hold boundaries, really. So something like, and I think it was my higher self coming through and saying, like, this is the path that you need to take because it was a very strong pull. So they sent me to public school and that was a lot <laughs> on me because I had not learned social cues mm. or how to interact with a large group of people my age or just people in general or how to interact with teachers. It was just 
a shock <laughs> to my system. And that in and of itself is something that I had to heal through, like while I was going through high school and learning how to be around people. <laughs> and so I found a really good group of friends closer to my junior, senior year. And that was just so healing for me to find people who I resonated with, who, you know, enjoyed my company. I enjoyed their company. And I really started stepping into being more sociable and enjoying being around others. And so after I left high school, I, excuse me. Um, so after I left high school, I had a couple of years where I did odd jobs here and there. And then I ended up opening a doggy daycare <laughs> and we did boarding, grooming and uh, training. And I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I love dogs. They just have so much like unconditional love for you. Mm. Um, I just have a big passion and a big heart for them. And so during that time, I was in school for psychology to get my bachelor's in psychology. Uh, my grandpa asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And my answer was always a entrepreneur and a psychologist. <laughs> like I knew from a very young age that I wanted to own my own business and I wanted to help people heal. And I wanted to help people because I didn't want them to go through what I had gone through if it was possible to stop them at a certain point in their life, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so I opened the business and then was going to school for psychology. Um, it was going so well. And then I also had my son during that time. And so I had a very busy place. <laughs> very, very busy. And I was taking care of my grandma who had a uh, pass or my, my grandpa had passed. So I was taking care of my grandmother at the time. And so I was also in therapy because I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression. Hmm. And my therapist kept saying, you're going to burn out. You're going to burn out. You're going to burn out. But I said, who has time for that? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I said, I can't take anything off my plate because you know, that's business my son, school, taking care of my grandma, like there's just things that needed to be taken care of. And so what ended up happening was I had to drop out of school for a while because it was just so incredibly overwhelming trying to balance everything. And so during that time as well, I made a readjustment with not wanting to stay in the doggy daycare forever. I said, I love dogs, but this is not my forever passion. I found my passion in helping other people. Like mm -hmm. that was really sparked my joy. And so um, I finished school and then I sold my half of the business and I left without another prospect of anything <laughs> because I'm an Aquarius and I like to fly free. <laughs> okay. And I just like to go where the wind takes me. And so that was really scary, like jumping into the unknown and like into the void and not knowing like if there was going to be anything to catch me. And so I ended up working at a bar <laughs> and I uh, managed an Irish pub for a while. I loved it. It was a great lesson for me on how uh, people how to interact with people. And at first I got very frustrated because I said, this is not my forever plan. What am I doing here? I love bartending. I had always loved bartending. I had done it in the past, but it was like, how is this going to serve me in the long term?" And so it really started getting in my mind, like, what am I going to do here? And so I said, I am going to treat everyone who comes in like a potential client for me coaching later on. And when I did that, 
it completely changed my paradigm because it was collapsing it at a much faster rate. Like mm-hmm. I really stepped into confidence of like advising people and, you know, bartenders are great life coaches <laughs> because oftentimes they are coming there to find answers or just have a sounding board. Mm-hmm. And so it was very re- well received by people. But what ended up happening was it started falling out of residence, just like the doggy daycare did. And I stayed a little too long and the universe started like pushing, 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 saying like, it's time to go. <laughs> and so I had a moment where I decided to leave. I just said, I am leaving and I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> and so I left again. And this is not advising people to do that because <laughs> it was not, it was a rocky, rocky ride in between each, in between each time. Uh, but then I ended up working at a nonprofit for underserved girls. And it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life because those girls taught me so much. I taught them and they taught me. It was a beautiful energy exchange. And what I found was that I went from advising people at the bar to flipping over to teacher mode Mm. in the nonprofit. And then I ended up uh, managing a program to help girls get into STEM related areas. And so what I loved about that was I was a empowering young adults (laughs) to follow their dreams and their passions, not let anything stand in your way. And so I worked there, loved it, loved the girls. And then it started to fall out of resonance again. (laughs) And so I, one day, and my intuition was telling me like, Hey, it's time to go. Like something's going to happen. Right. And nothing terrible. Just, it was was just time to go. And so I left with no other prospect of anything. (laughs) So uh, I just got to fly for you, Amanda. Um, so my friend introduced me to the Akashic Records and the Akashic Records. Would you like me to go into that a little bit in case anybody? Yeah, sure. That term before? Yeah. Okay. So the Akashic Records are a vibrational record of all of your thoughts, feelings, emotions, actions across all space, time and dimensions. So it's kind of like your life book and it's held in a frequency and so I'm kind of like an energetic librarian (laughs) and so your book follows you from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime if you believe in reincarnation and so she introduced that to me and when I started researching it I said oh I have always been doing this I have always had the ability to tap into people's energetic bodies and read them at a subconscious level And so it wasn't at the intensity of what I do now, because that was before I started pointing my attention to access them. Mm. But I said, oh, I I can do this. (laughs) I have been doing this. And so I started practicing on as many people as I could find. (laughs) And I just practiced, 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 practiced. And then I realized that I was really good at it and that I was helping a lot of people. And I said, whoa. I can blend psychology with energy healing (laughs) and, you know, provide people with, you know, deep, deep healing on the 3D and 5D level, like bring both sides of that together and be a bridge point. And so I started started reading for people that was going really well. And I found that it was very energetically exhausting. 
I was having to project a lot of my energy to get in someone's Akashic records mm -hmm. and root up everything <laughs> that needed to be. And so I asked the universe, is there some type of way that I can channel something else to help me? And then Reiki found its way to me. <laughs> and Reiki is channeling life force energy from source itself and from Mother Earth. And so I went down that rabbit hole and I got certified as a Reiki master and it completely changed everything for me because I could get into people's energy bodies and help heal them without having to use my own personal energy. And it was just changing for not only me, but the people as well, because they were getting an amplified healing that way because it's not only me helping you heal it's your spirit guys it's reiki it's the akashic records we're just all there to heal you together um so now that is what i do and i also love coaching people with my psychology background um and so i am currently working towards some type of modality <laughs> that blends the records coaching and reiki um, I love sound healing crystals, so I am trying to build something <laughs> that is new and that can be a little scary when you don't have a reference point of other mm. people doing it. Mm. <laughs> so that is a big synopsis <laughs> of how I got to where I am right now. <laughs> well, and I will say that I have done, I've had an Akashic Records reading from you and that was like earlier way earlier this year, beginning of this year. Um, and I should have, yeah, man, I should have gotten my journal and, and pulled it out for this episode. But I, I, I remember, and I will always remember that the main thing that you told me is that basically the way, the way to my purpose, like the, the way to finding out why it is that I am here on this planet in this incarnation is self-love. And the way to get to that self-love was through the portal of forgiveness. And that I'll ne that I will never forget. I forget a lot of stuff, but <laughs> that's in there for sure. Um, and I have also recently had Reiki with you. Both you did it, and then kind of talked to me after, and then we we did it um, over Zoom. And both of those were definitely great experiences. So I'm, at the end, I'm definitely going to give you an opportunity to tell people how to connect with you. But highly recommend having any of those things with Brittany for sure. Um, Oh, thank you, Amanda. That's so sweet. I appreciate you. <laughs> and it's always fun connecting with you in a healing way or just, you know, us chatting. So thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, all right. So one of so one of the main reasons that I wanted to have you on is because um, I mean, because of the conversations we've been having, really. Uh, and we talk quite a bit about being multifaceted beings. And there's another word that you use. What is it? Multi something. Uh, multi Yes, I love that. Yep. So we are definitely both that. <laughs> um, Absolutely. And I think that society places a lot of pressure on, on people in general, but especially entrepreneurs and business owners. Um, you got to you got to find your niche, you got to find that one thing that you're good at. And um, the one thing you want to do the one the one thing that uh you want to sell or promote or whatever it is. Like you got to find that one thing. And I think also that our society is set up in a way that you choose your career path when like, you don't even know who you are yet. And then you're like, the expectation is that you ride that until retirement and that's what your life looks like. And, you know, you might get promotions or 
move somewhere that's that's a little bit different but there's not like there's not a whole lot of room for changing your mind (laughs) um and I just think all of that is so limiting and I think it causes people to put themselves in a box and discourages them from trying new things and I think we have both experienced this in different ways um so for me personally I started my actual business back in 2017 um I was working primarily with resin and seashells at the time. (laughs) And um, I was creating jewelry, like home decor, things like that. Um, And then this last year, my my focus, or 2020, my focus shifted to the mandalas after I took that class. Um, I started to get into doing readings for people. And then most recently, I've been wanting to get into coaching, inner child stuff. Um, But I still want to do the art, and I still really enjoy doing the in-person um, vendor shows. And I just, I have felt a lot of pressure to choose one thing. And um, I even started a separate Instagram page recently, like just for the mandalas, because I got into this whole thing in my head of like, all right, well, people are going to come to my Instagram and they're not going to know what it is that I offer and like who I am. And um, I haven't put anything on that page yet, but I started it and I don't even think I'm going to use it. But anyway, all of that is to say that I've gotten very caught up in the past in doing what I think other people would want, like whether it's my art, creating things that I think people would like or whatever, whatever content I am creating, whatever thing I am doing, I have very much um, until recently been in a space of what do other people want to see? And you've helped me with this a lot, but uh, I... Oh, I have also noticed too that not just doing what I think people would want or whatever, but also creating from a space of wanting to make money. Um, and I'm, I've realized recently that like coming from that place of like lack and almost desperation kind of defeats the purpose of what I'm doing in the first place. And I think that all of those things that I have been doing I know really not even think that they all have led to burnout um, and frustration and, um, and that's, that's shifting for me now. So how, how has that shown up for you? So (laughs) when I was going to school for psychology, I thought that was what I wanted to do. Like I was dead set on, I'm going to be a clinical psychologist and I'm going to make it happen no matter what. (laughs) And it was falling out of resonance with me. And I didn't understand why, because I was like, I've always wanted to do that since I was a child. It Mm -hmm. makes sense that that is the only way that I am going to be able to help people. And it started making me very anxious and depressed. I didn't want to go to school anymore. Like it just wasn't bringing me joy, but I was like, I don't see any other way out. Mm. Like that's how people in society help people. This is before I knew what life coach was or energetic healing or anything. And I said, you know, this is how society works and this is how I have to do it. And so I, it led to major burnout and it made me feel very lost in my life because I was trying to control it. And that was a lot because I thought I could only do something one way. Mm. And so when I found out about energetic healing and life coaching and all of those things, I made a decision to lean into whatever I love 
and just fully lean into it and not put so much pressure on myself to do things a certain way. And when I heard the term multi-passionalites for the first time and started researching that, I said, whoa, there is a whole group of people who function differently than main society. And I find that a lot in uh, neurodiverse people, manifesting generators, empaths, like people who are very in tune with like extra perceptual things as well, that the way that we learn best is to have a giant toolkit and pull little things from each one and they help us in all the different areas of our life. And so we get bored when we learn as much as we can about one thing and it's like okay well now it's time to move on to something else Mm -hmm. and so if you spread it out over a lot of different areas it's like you can layerly learn on top of each other just like you do like with coaching and the mandala like there's just so many ways those intertwine but they keep you interested because you're not hyper focusing (laughs) on one thing all the time because that leads to burnout and boredom Mm -hmm. and so when I made that conscious decision that I am just going to lean in and then follow where my heart and my intuition are taking me that my life completely changed. Mm -hmm. It went into like a flow state. I was getting so many synchronicities and just everything was so much easier instead of like walking through Mm jello. Okay. (laughs) And I, but I'm not perfect because I have had times where I have pigeonholed into something and cut myself off. Hmm. And I'll give an example. So I, when I was going through like energetic healing and doing that with people, I really started delving real deep into life coaching and I was watching nothing but life coaching, like teachers and marketing and advertising and all these things. And I cut off all of my spiritual gifts Hmm. and I went way too far in and then it started not being fun anymore. And I said, this is forcing, forcing, forcing. And then I swung back around to the energetic healing. And I was like, what was I doing? Why was I, why was I doing that to myself? And it's because I fell into that trap of if I want to make a lot of money, Mm. I have to coach at a high volume level. Mm. And that's just simply not true. You can do that in energetic healing as well or whatever it is that you want to do. And so it completely sucked all the fun out of everything. (laughs) And it just led to a lot of anxiety again. Mm. And so I backed up off and I said, okay, we're going to try not to ever let that happen again. We're just going to spread out wherever we are finding joy and head that way. And what I've learned too is like things are so cyclical. Sometimes something will land in your lap and you enjoy it for the moment, but you need to put it down so mm. you can learn of things outside of that to tie in when it comes back around. Okay, so um, I love watching anime with my son, <laughs> and they were talking about chakras, and I was like, ooh, what's that? <laughs> and I started getting really interested, and so I found out about Reiki. And I was watching all these different Reiki healers and researching, and I didn't understand the concept. Like, it just wasn't resonating in my body the right way. Mm. And I said, okay, instead of forcing this to happen, I'm going to put it down for a little while and then wait till it comes back around. And so I kept on working with the records and just researching, you know, what I could around it. And so when it came back a year later, 
I said, oh my gosh, I get it now. Like I've been working in people's energy bodies for so long and I've been really working with people in their subconscious and doing trauma healing. And now I see why I had to let it go so that I could understand and conceptualize what it, what I'm doing and how to best heal people because you need all of it together. So instead of forcing myself to try and do something that I wasn't ready for, I just let it go, come back. And now it's, it's in my life and it's a beautiful um, relationship that I have with Reiki, but I couldn't force it to happen. Yeah, that's, that's a really great example. Um, and this, this is going to be a bit of a tangent, but um, you've brought up human design a couple times. So you're, you're a manifesting generator, right? Yes. Do you know what, you, what is your profile? The two numbers? I'm not sure about the profile numbers. I am very new to human design. I just know the very basics of the different types. And so I'm not sure about my numbers. Is that something that you're very prevalent in human design? Um, I wouldn't say like, I, I couldn't talk about it for an extended period of time, but at the beginning of this year, I had a, um, I, one of the metaphysical shops that I've been associated with, they did um, like a, human design webinar. So, and it was very general information. So I went to that and before that you sent your information and they told you generally what you are, um, like your type and your profile and maybe something else. And then, um, Oh, your authority. That's what they included. And then a couple, like a month or two later, um, the, the woman who facilitated that webinar also does individual readings. So I did a reading with her. She recommended a book to me and I kind of didn't, look into it again until recently because it's been coming up. Um, I'm a generator and um, I'm not going to go too far off on a tangent about like what all that means, but um, I am not meant to create things <laughs> like my, I am meant to respond. I'm, I'm meant to attract them to me and then mm -hmm. respond to things um, that, that align with me. And the, uh, what is it called? Like the not self theme, like how you can tell, that you're not in alignment with who you really are for me is frustration. And so I, I pulled out that book a couple weeks ago and went back and looked cause you can pull, you can run your, um, your body graph thing online for free. And so I started reading more about it and like, even, even specifically like there's channels and there's just so many numbers and things that you can look at. I don't think you could ever know all of it, but uh, I just, it was just really a reminder of how much I have been, not living by that design. And there are there are so many tools and and things like astrology and all that. So I'm not saying that this is the one thing, but this is human design for me has been very um, informative, definitely resonates. Um, and so the reason I asked is because my profile, I'm a one three. And I think the one is the investigator. Um, like I, like I am just naturally, like you were saying, like you do the research and you, um, there's like this need to, to have all the information before I make a decision. Um, so I was wondering if that was yours too. Cause it's, it's like, it's an instinct. Like we have, we have to, I need to know all the things, but it's funny because at the same time that I have that my authority is sacral which means I should be able to literally just feel into my body and say like, Hey body, is this something we want to do? And I will get a yes or a no. And, 
and that is supposed to be like automatic. Um, and that's something that's been very hard to tap back into and get into. But I was just curious if that was yours as well, um, that you have that natural instinct for researching and investigating and finding out all the information. I'm definitely going to look into that after we get off here because I want to know what my numbers are. I would bet that I have an investigative personality as well because I have just always been drawn to knowing as much as I possibly can about something. And if I don't, it drives me crazy. <laughs> like I have to know all of the things, right? And I just want to know, like knowledge to me is like, is the most beautiful gift <laughs> that we have to receive. I love learning new things. And like we were saying, if you're someone who really loves having a huge breadth of knowledge, especially if you want to share that, it's important to lean into wanting to have your hands in so many different things because they build on top of one another. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. our gift. <laughs> and a lot of people like to receive information that way too, so that they can make the correlations and build their networks that way. And so it's not just us. <laughs> There's a lot of other people out there that feel that way. And so when I first started meeting people, I said, oh, it's not just me. <laughs> There's all these others out here. And how do you feel as far as your uh sacral chakra journey is going or your sacral is going as far as like you feeling into your body and your intuition for decisions um i'm definitely a lot better than i was when i first learned that information at the beginning of this year um and she even recommended both in the webinar and when i talked to her personally um to try it with like not things that are not make or break decisions like do i want to eat pizza for dinner <laughs> Just really simple things and checking in. And she also said, like, um, that yes is going to be strong. Like, if, if it's not like a hell yes, and you're enthusiastic, like, yes, this is what I should be doing. I feel it in my soul. Then it's a no. And maybe it's not a no forever. Like you said, maybe you need to come back to it later or it will come back to you later. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been um, a, something I've had to practice. Uh, I think I probably have a long way to go, but I, whenever I get into places where I'm feeling lost, stuck, um, human design is one of those things that I turn to because of that frustration piece. Like if I'm feeling frustrated, um, out of place, whatever, like something's going on to look into, but you're, you're gonna, you're gonna have to look at it and let me know. Cause I'm definitely curious now. <laughs> I definitely will. And I think because you and I had very similar childhoods where we were grown up or we grew up being told what to do and like what to say and like how to behave that that can really stifle your intuition mm. and trusting yourself. And so it's like a block. I think that both of us have had to work through as far as like trusting our bodies and like what it's trying to tell us and like leaning on, you know, our own personal truths and how we feel, right? Yeah. <laughs> and as far as like saying the, uh, the yes, if it's like a strong hell yes, if I don't want to do something, my body will shut down mm. <laughs> and it will say, we're, we're just not going to do that. <laughs> we can't do that. If, it, if it's not something I'm feeling very strongly passionate about, it is extremely difficult for me to get motivated to do the thing. Mm. 
Yeah, I feel that. And I, I think that I haven't been, I, I know that I have not been aware of that in the past. Um, so more recently, I've had experiences where my body is very clearly telling me something is wrong. And I'm like, mm, I don't know, maybe not, maybe it's fine. <laughs> I talk myself out of it. Um, and then, so this is another tangent, but we're just going to follow it because you, I can, I can hear from, from what you're saying that you have, it sounds like anyway, that you have a very strong relationship with your intuition um, and, and fo- following where you are led. And, you know, I'm sure there's, there's bumps in the road and things that come up and um, fear and whatever that comes up. But when, like, when did that kind of come online for you? When did, when did you start to develop that um, relationship that you have? I think that I have always been very intuitive, but it's like the awareness mm. of following my intuition because I have, and sometimes society will make it seem like you're being very flighty by mm. following your intuition. Just like I have left jobs, very just like of the snap of the whim, right? <laughs> and it's like telling me it's time to exit. And I have always had points in my life where I've done that where I'm like, this is not in residence anymore, not feeling right in my body, we gotta go. Mm. And it's always served me. And so it's almost like every single time I did that, it was an anchor point that I could go back to. Like, oh, well, we made this major decision and we really had to trust ourselves and we were okay. Mm. We figured it out, we're still here, we're still thriving. (laughs) And so it's a matter of taking those leaps and then building faith in yourself. And so I don't know necessarily that it was any point specifically. It's just been like slowly building up as I go along. And a lot of that has to do also with internal healing Mm. of the traumas that I went through. And just like I was saying, like the constructual uh, way that I was brought up, I had to heal huge portions of of myself to be able to hear my intuition clearly and like know that's what it is. And so it was just taking a leap. Okay, I'm okay. <laughs> taking a leap. Am I right? <laughs> and just it was it was just a build up. And so, but when I started working with my own energy body intentionally, like within my own records and just paying attention to myself instead of everything else that was going on in the external world and worrying about world events and other people and how they're feeling and how they're thinking about me and all of those things and just pointing all of my attention outside of my body when I really started pointing inwards and taking care of myself and loving myself and healing myself it was like oh I can hear my intuition it is very clearly talking to me it is it's me but it's like a compass that's talking to me. Mm. <laughs> and so it's almost like I have built this, or it's not almost like I have built this really great relationship where it's, I can have conversations with my intuition. But I also have to be not stressed to mm. hear. <laughs> if you are stressed, your body is really trying to just keep you safe in that present moment and mm. shutting out all of those extrasensory perceptual things. Right. And so you have to go within and calm and find inner peace to be able to hear it talk to you. I love that. That's awesome. Um, so I think that this uh, this concept of being a multi-passionalite 
is um, doesn't just show up in business, but it also shows up in our lives in general. And I think um, a lot of times we can get caught up in fear of failure and that prevents us from trying new things. Um, and I, I think, again, this is like a societal thing that's driving this, but like, I think there's this idea that the purpose of doing something is, is to eventually be good at it or to be successful. Um, and, and we need to normalize trying things just for the sake of trying them. We need to normalize the idea that it's, that not only is it okay to fail, but we aren't supposed to be good at everything. And especially like, you're not supposed to be good at stuff the first time you do it. That's not how that works. Um, and I also think we need to normalize changing your mind <laughs> about things in your life, your beliefs, your career path, your relationships, whatever. Normalize changing your mind, um, especially major changes. Um, I think that there's this idea when people shift in their life in whatever way that it might be. And, and I think a lot of times that goes along with your your healing journey, but, um, you know, people can be seen or deemed to be kind of disingenuous. Like this is not who you are. This is not what you believe. This is not what you do. Um, and, and that discourages people from changing their mind in any way or trying something new in any way. Um, and I think a lot of that resistant also, resistance also comes from um, the way that we think other people's other people will perceive us for changing, which is kind of what I was just trying to say. But um, that that perception of other people it doesn't matter if it feels good to us or we're like, yeah, this is what I want to do. That external piece of what are other people going to think about me for doing this um, creeps in, <laughs> takes over a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. I think. That was beautifully said. <laughs> Everything you said, you just broke that down so well. Um, so I absolutely agree with you that, you know, there's a lot of external things and even our own internal guidance that we need to keep perpetuating what we're doing forever and for always because our ego, you know, it's there to keep us safe. It's like we like comfort and comfort, there's safety and comfort. <laughs> because you know there's there's not a lot of chances happening in comfort whether that be good or bad <laughs> and so if you want to change your outer reality you have to step outside of your comfort zone and so I got in a very big rut in my life and I woke up one day and I said what am I doing <laughs> I don't want to do what I'm doing forever. And I don't want to be this person that I am. And not that there's anything wrong with me necessarily. It was just not to the standard of what I wanted to be at. And so I said, what do I need to do here? I need to do things completely differently than what I'm doing to bring about change. And so I just started <laughs> delving into different hobbies. And like you said, sometimes hobbies don't necessarily have to make you money. That is a big story told by capitalistic society <laughs> that if you're not making money, something is not worth it. Mm. And oftentimes you don't know what you like until you try different things. <laughs> like I wouldn't have found the Akashic records if I didn't take a chance on like just learning about something new that was like out of my realm of perception and having fun with it and practicing and great. It ended up making me money, but I've had so many other things that came my way that I just like doing. <laughs> right. And so 
what I was going to say is, um, I agree with you that it is so very important to step outside of your grooves. Even if it's just you brushing your teeth with a different hand, <laughs> like that opens up the realm of like so many other possibilities of happening because then your day's a little different. Mm. And so you're going to function differently throughout your whole day just by doing something like very teeny tiny. Um, and the more you do those things, like different people show up in your life, different experiences, different outcomes, different opportunities, because you're looking for new things. Mm. You are working with your subconscious and pulling different things into your reality. And so I just started doing that and it really changed. And when things scare me, Amanda, when, not dangerous things, <laughs> but when things scare me, instead of running away from them like I used to, I was like, oh, that's not me. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I say, I need to do that. There is a reason that it's scaring me. Mm. That is an opportunity for growth. And so if I am feeling like imposter syndrome coming on, <laughs> or I'm feeling like nervous about not knowing what the outcome of that experience is going to be, I head towards it. And I say, well, let's just see what's going to happen here. And nine times out of 10, it's great. <laughs> it's just that same feeling comes through every single time, no matter what I'm doing that's new. I get nauseous. I want to leave. I get sweaty. <laughs> like it's, it's just my fight or flight coming on. And it, mm. at one point I realized I'm always going to be in fight or flight before I do something new. So if that's going to happen anyway, and I know it's going to happen and I know I'm going to get over it, I'll go through it and I'll get through it. <laughs> okay. I love that brush your teeth with a different hand, <laughs> like that example, <laughs> because, you know, I, that's definitely something that I've realized for myself. Uh, not that I need to brush my teeth with a different hand, but that little, little changes. I think, um, I think the source of my my failure sometimes and not even using failure in a negative way, but just, I try to do too much at once. Um, you know, I decide that I'm going to have this whole new morning routine and I'm going to do it all like, and it, that never works. It's like not for me. And, and sounds like probably not for most people. Like you have it, these changes have to be gradual. And I love that idea of literally just brushing your teeth with a different hand to just interrupt what you're doing. And it seems so small, but like you said, your whole, your whole day is different because you did that. Um, so I, I love that. And, um, I, um, like you're saying that when you're, when you are afraid of doing something that, that is a signal that tells you that you should do it. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying like, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say here is not that you will, uh, you won't have to do things that you don't like ever again. Like, but I think that that is less so a function of doing things that are out of alignment and more so that, like you said, that you're doing things that are pushing on your comfort zone and trying to push you out of your comfort zone. Um, and I just, I think if we're talking about <laughs> a capitalistic society and, and, mm -hmm. and the, the pressure and, what is normal and what's what's deemed to be the right path like there is just a lot of pressure to um you know like people get stuck in jobs that they hate and they think that that's just the way it is so 
I think if there is something that does not feel in alignment with you, if there is something that you genuinely do not want to do, you should not do it. But there's a difference between that and that fear and that ego and that your brain trying to keep you safe. I say that all the time is that that's what our brains are wired for is to keep us safe. So trying to be aware of the differences as you navigate is this something I really don't want to do? Or is this trying to push me out of my comfort zone? And that's why I don't want to do it. Oh, yeah, I, d- I definitely think there's a, a there's a stark difference there. And I love how you were talking about incremental changes. Because let's say you take somebody that hates their job. But it's really scary making that leap, especially if you've been there for a long time, and it's a part of your identity and who you are. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to start doing those changes incrementally like you said because that is too far of a jump me mm. i jump <laughs> because it's just my personality style and it's rocky sometimes in between so if you want something smoother even little things like we were saying like with your teeth brushing or taking a different route home or mm. using different plates at your house or just moving things around in your space that look different like that gears your body towards change and like bigger leaps like it's almost like retraining your brain like it's okay we're safe that we use a different fork today like nothing is hurting us okay and I'll give an example of like my personal life so I used to hate the way I sound I could not stand hearing myself on answering machines played back Uh, I I just something about my own voice made me like "Ah." (laughs) and so I said that's not something that I want to have in my reality. I want to love my voice. I want to accept my voice. I want to project my voice, be my authentic self. And part of that is speaking. And so, you know, I wanted to be a coach and I want, and I want to be a speaker in front of people and host podcasts like you're doing now. And I said, that's somebody that loves their voice. And so I started sending voice notes to everyone in my life and forcing myself to listen back to every single one of them. And it was not fun at first. <laughs> it was not at all. It was very cringy. Um, but I did it for, you know, two or three months. And then I started falling in love with my voice. And I love hearing myself. And not like in an egotistical way. I just know that I am a powerful being. And I help people with speaking. And I like speaking. Like I hear my energy coming off of me. And it brings people into me as well. And now... I am much better about speaking in front of people and making content and just <clears throat> voicing myself and taking up space and saying who I am authentically. But that started with me doing something different <laughs> a little bit at a time. Mm. Yeah. And so what you were saying there um, reminded me of something I meant to bring up earlier. Um not only is there this pressure to pick pick a certain thing and stick with it, and that's what you're doing, especially in, in business, um, but I think there's also a lot of pressure about creating content in a certain way. And um, I, at the beginning of this year, I did, and this was all uh, with the help of a, of a coach that I had been working with at the time, um, but I announced this whole thing, and I was going to Mondays were going to be this and Tuesdays were going to be this. And I had a day, something for the day of the week every day. And I 
I don't even know if, if I made it a whole week doing that because it, I was like this, I can't do this. I can't commit to every single day. Um, and I, I think there's kind of a connotation around that. And this, this is some of my internal stuff too, but like, why couldn't I commit to doing that every day? I'm not going to have a successful business if I can't commit to creating this content in this way every single day. And I think what I'm realizing, not just through doing my own work, but I've listened to podcasts and um, started following other content creators that are, it's just the key to creating content. And this is just my personal belief, but is to be yourself. I think you should do if I want to keep my mandalas and all my other stuff on one Instagram, I should do that. If I want to talk about inner child stuff one day and talk about something else the other day, like, like you said, follow whatever it is that you love. And that, that is what helps you present yourself in the most authentic way. And when you are presenting yourself in the most authentic way, that's what attracts people to you that, that have similar interests that um, people that could potentially be clients because they need what you are offering. Even if, even if there's no um, specific verbal exchange about that, but they they can see through your, your content creating that like, Oh, this is somebody that I resonate with. Um, and I just, I think that has been part of my lack of progress this year is that I have been trying to stay within that mindset of like, all right, this is what I have to do. I have to have a schedule. Um, I even tried to start a Patreon at one point. And what I realized is that had I had people sign up for what I was offering, um, I would have lost my mind. (laughs) Like what I was committing to for the price that I was committing to, if I had even like 10, 15 people, I don't think I could have done it. And I hadn't, I hadn't considered that. Um, but I see that now. So anyway, you, you saying all of that just made me think of that pressure, especially for people in business, especially people running their businesses, primarily online, um, what your content should look like and how many things you should post and when and what times, but like, just do what you want to (laughs) do. I absolutely agree with you because I feel like there are so many people that are teaching to niche down and that you have to pick a target audience. And that's great because that works for a lot of people. And like you were talking about how, you know, you thought that you needed to do things in a very structured, meticulous way. That's great too. That functions for a lot of people. And a lot of people like seeing content like that on a regular basis. But in my personal life, I love listening to creators that talk about a million things in one episode (laughs) because my neurodivergent brain cannot listen to one subject at one time. Like if my mind just starts to trail off, I need the like spazzy (laughs) energy, okay? (laughs) Because it keeps keeps my mind alert and I love learning about multiple things at you know one time and so I was kind of in the same boat with oh I need to just focus on Reiki or just focus on the records just focus on coaching and all these different coaches saying like you're not going to be successful if you don't do this and it you know was burning me out and I was not having fun and as soon as I let go of that and I said I am going to do whatever I have fun doing and where spirit 
teaches me to go and that, you know, leads me to go. And when I did that, it completely changed my content. Hmm. I was happy making content instead of forcing making content. Right. And, you know, just like you and I, well, I'm speaking for you, but I imagine that you also probably like creators who do a lot of different things and interweave and intertwine them. There is a whole plethora of people out there who want to learn from people like us that are making content like, hey, you can do a hundred different things and be successful. So we will align with people who want to learn in that way too. Just like we like to align with people that teach us in that way. Mm. Yes, that, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I have mentioned this on the podcast before about like going through my social media and cleaning up who I'm following. And part of that has been, I think that we talked about this on the live, actually, that I was following a lot of um, spiritual leaders and content creators that just we're portraying this image of like one day your life sucks. And then if you could just get your life together, then it won't suck anymore. And that's what I did. And it's just not a realistic picture of what healing looks like. But um, I've also had to do that with like, not just people that I enjoy their content, but um, starting to follow people that I aspire to be like. Um, and that's important for me. I, I admittedly am on my phone every single day, pretty much scrolling. And uh, I need, if I'm going to be doing that, I at least need to be consuming things that are helpful and not hurtful. So it is good for me to see like, this person is living the life that I want to live there. They have a podcast, they have, they do retreats, they do individual sessions, whatever it is, like, Maybe they're doing all the things I want to do, or maybe they're only doing parts of the things I want to do. But to be able to see that and see these be people be successful um, is really just a way of challenging my own imposter syndrome and my own um, resistance to change of like, these people are doing it. And if they can do it, why can't I do it? <laughs> so um, I've had to go through and change up who I am following. Um, so... The last thing I want to touch on before we wrap up um, is kind of the differences between therapy and coaching. And um, I, I think it's safe to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we have both had experiences going to therapy, working with coaches, and now we both um, have experiences coaching other people. Um, is that accurate? Yes. <laughs> okay. It is. <laughs> So I think that if I had to define the differences, I would say that um, therapy is obviously regulated in terms of like, you have to have, you have to be certified, qualified, certain degrees, whatever. And there's, you know, if you're not doing what you're supposed to do or behaving in an ethical way, there are repercussions. But anyways, um, there's that. But there's also, I think, um, in my opinion, I think that therapy is very... Um, it's very heavy on the processing. Uh, it, it involves a lot of going back and looking at the how and the why. And if you are fortunate to have a good therapist like me, we connect the two, the present and the past. And she'll, you know, she'll say things to me like, is this, is this a new feeling or does this feel like, does it feel like you felt this before? And we'll go, we'll dig deeper about where did that come from or, 
um, whatever. But I, I just think in my own experience, therapy has been more about what is it about the past that is creating what is happening in the future. And I, th- I think that is present in coaching as well, but I think coaching is a little bit more solution focused um, and not, not in a sense of there is something wrong with you and we need to fix it. Um, I think coaching should be empowering. I think it should be, I don't think you should be working with coaches that are telling you what to do. Um, I think a good coach and even a good therapist is going to be able to pull those things out of you of helping you figure out what works for you, what makes you feel good, what makes you feel empowered. Um, And I think that uh, coaching, because it is, and, and I could be wrong about this, but I don't necessarily think it's, it's regulated the way that therapy is. You can be a coach without having any kind of specific certification. Um, you can be certified, but you don't have to be. And I don't think it's any less valuable because of that. Um, I think that because of that, um, there are coaches that find themselves in that position because they want to help people, but they don't want to have those restrictions that therapists have on what they can and cannot do. Um, and, and for me personally, I think one of the things that is missing in therapy and even my job as a probation officer, um, you, there's no, you cannot cross a, that personal line. You cannot say, I know how you feel. I've been there. I get it. Um, I, I used, I was going through what you're going through and I know how hard it is. Like you can't, you can't cross that line when you're in that professional, um, role. And I think, um, I actually did, this was a couple months ago, but I did, it was a free webinar, um, through Jay Shetty's school of coaching or whatever it's called. And one of the things that they talked about was that coaching is more of a peer to peer relationship. Um, and that opens up that door, not that you should hijack the session and make it all about you, but it, it, um, it's that empathy. It's that, it's just another level of personalization where you can connect with that person. And I think not just in my readings, but in my limited coaching experiences, every person that I have interacted with, I can see exactly why, (laughs) like there is something either they, Either they are showing me that there is, that I used to be like them and I'm not anymore and not in like a judgy way, but just like, hey, this was, you used to struggle with this and it's not so much a struggle for you anymore. Um, Or they are able to highlight something for me that still needs some healing. Um, And uh, so there's that. And then the last thing I want to say before I ask you what you think about this is that, um, I think coaching is a perfect thing, a perfect career path for multi-passionalites because I think that we can show up with our unique toolkits and we can show up with our unique experiences. Um, I don't think you can ever have too many coaches that we all, even if we're talking about the same things, Brittany and I both like to talk about inner child healing, past self-healing but we are going to have completely different approaches to how we work through that, not just for ourselves, but with the people that we are, we are meeting with. Um, 
And because you're able to show up with your unique toolkit, uh, you can approach people um, based on their unique needs. I think with things like therapy, there's a lot of checklists and like, what are we looking for in this person? But with coaching, you can say, you can look at the person and be like, okay, what, what do they need? Um, and you help them figure that out. You don't tell, you don't tell them, you empower them to figure it out themselves. So that was a lot, but what, how do you feel about the the differences between the two? Uh, well, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, and I love that you said like therapy is a lot of like processing and then coaching is a lot of like solutions. Not that therapy is not solutions in and of itself. And I think this is both of us not saying that therapy isn't needed because therapy is a, it's a great tool to help you heal. Um, so for me, I think that, like you said, with therapists, they have to work in constraints. And I think that therapists often, you can still specialize in things as therapy, you know, like family, marriage counseling, substance abuse counseling, but it's more generalized. And so coaching to me is more experience-based. It's almost like you are taking all the parts of yourself that you had to heal and everything that you went through on a personal level and then finding people and aligning with people who are maybe a couple steps back from where you were. And so you're reaching back and grabbing their hand and saying, this is what helps me. <laughs> it, it, maybe I'll help you too. And it's more of like a conversation, like you said, like a peer to peer and just more of a relaxed session. And I feel like your toolkit that you can use is a lot wider too. So like when I'm coaching people, I'm not only talking from psychology based research and working with your subconscious. I can also talk to you about your spirit guides and your chakra system and energetic boundaries and work with crystals and tell you how to work with the more like metaphysical side of things as well. And, you know, that's not for everybody and that's okay. <laughs> but the people that I usually align with want both sides of that. And that's not something necessarily that all therapists can offer. Uh, so it's just a different toolkit that coaches, like you said, can carry with them that go from things that are outside of the normal therapy <laughs> toolkits. Um, and I have just found, like you said, it, it's just the conversations that you have with people are not only healing for them, it's very healing for us at the same time because it's a mirror. When I first started reading Akashic Records with people, I was slammed in the face with shadow work and things that I needed to heal within myself. And my guys were like, okay, you want to help people? Well, then you need to process through all of these things. Mm -hmm. And so I, I had to, I had to process through an immense amount of work within myself. And then I noticed like the people that were aligning with me were people that I was either currently working on things with or we're a couple steps back, like we said, non-judgmental, <laughs> just they're still working through those things. And it was a great juxtaposition of like, oh, like I have really grown in that area of my life. And then reiterating to me like, oh, that's something that I continually need to work on as well, because I'm obviously aligning with this mm. for some reason. Mm -hmm. And so 
when you can have a very real conversation with someone without having to use technical terminologies and way of talking to people, I find that they open up on a much deeper level. And that's not for all, you know, comparing to all different therapists. It's just you have to be a little more mindful of the way you speak in a therapy session. But you can get to the real nitty gritty with people (laughs) when you're coaching and they will open up to you, especially if they're resonating with you and they feel safe with you. They will tell you about so many things that happen at a deep, deep level to help them heal through that. Mm. Yes. And I think too, I heard on, um, there's a podcast, what is it called? The Trauma Hiders Club. And the whole premise of this podcast is that people such as myself, we, we present as very successful and together. Um, Uh but that is not what is happening inside of us. (laughs) And the most recent episode that I listened to just a few days ago, um, she had a, she had a coach on as a guest, um, And he said something to the effect of one of the, like part of his, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? His like philosophy for coaching is that he wants, he is meeting people in, in some of the darkest, deepest places of themselves. And he's meeting them there. He is grabbing their hand and he is walking out of that place with them. And I was like, Oh, that just resonated with me so much. Like that's, that's what I want to do too. And I think with coaching, having that ability to connect in that peer to peer way, like you can say, I have been in this deep, dark place and I'm not afraid of it anymore. So I'm going to come in there with you and we're going to do what we need to do. And then we're going to get the fuck out of here together. <laughs> like, um, And I just, I love that so much. And I think that there, especially because with this, with this work, working through your traumatic things, there is a lot of shame and it is, it is completely necessary to be able to find people, whether it's a coach or a friend or a group or whatever, people that you resonate with people that don't make you feel bad for feeling the way that you feel. Um, and I, I think I, I absolutely have a great relationship with my therapist. I've been seeing her once a week for, over a year now. Um, but that relationship can only go so far. And again, I've said it a couple times now, but just that connecting in that way um, of saying, I-, I know where you're at. I-, I get it. I feel you. And we're going to get through this together. There's just something special about that, I think. Absolutely. Like being like a lantern for someone <laughs> to find their yeah. way out of the dark because you've been there and you know how to navigate. You know how to get out of those deep, dark holes. And maybe it looks a little bit different from that person, but you still know how to get out of that hole. And that's so very important. Like people just need a light. They need somebody that's a couple steps ahead of them that said, this is what worked for me. Let me give you a, some tools and help you get out of this dark place you're in. And, you know, you can't always be in the same, you can't, when you're a therapist, you can't say, I've been there. These are all my personal experiences because you're breaking a lot of like personal boundaries. Right. But like we said, with coaches, you can go down that hole with them and pull them out and say, this is how I did it. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about how important it is to find people who resonate with you, 
and who align with you and let you be your true authentic self, that is so very important. That is one of the things that I have, I have really learned <laughs> over my 31 years because I was surrounding myself with people who I was not aligning with for a very long time. But that's also because I was masking mm-hmm. yep. who I was at a very deep level and not letting people close to my heart or know who I really was because I wasn't showing myself love and myself compassion. And I said, they're not going to like me. And that was my own personal projections onto them. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I started loving myself and speaking my truth and being who I really am that I found the people who I aligned with. And when I did, my life started taking off because you get into co-collaboration with people. You, you know, find things that you really love, enjoy talking about with people. And you learn them at an even deeper level and you feel love and support for who you really are down at a deep core and not that you need always external validation, but it's nice sometimes <laughs> to have people in your life that enjoy similar things. Right. And so like you were saying, Amanda, that is so vitally important that you surround yourself with people who are encouraging, supporting, uplifting, want to see you win. Because if you have a group of people around you that are very negative all the time and telling you not to be your authentic self, that can create a deep, dark hole for you. Yeah. And I think that finding those people, um, it's not that you're searching for that external validation in a sense of you are just looking for people to validate your experience. I think that when you find those people, those are the same people that will be able to give you constructive feedback with, again, without making you feel bad for what it is you're feeling or what it is you're going through. But those, those people will care about you to the point of saying like, Hey, let's talk about this. And, and, it'll come from a place of love and understanding. Um, I don't know what the alternative of that would be, but it's, this is not, let me just find people who agree with everything I say and are never going to tell me that I'm wrong or that they're never going to offer another perspective. I think you can find people that will be both, that they will support you, encourage you, um, be, be a source of that validation, even, even though, we are seeking that validation within ourselves. Um, but they will also be able to be that source of constructive feedback. Um, when you might, when they will help you see things that you might not be able to see, uh, without making you feel bad for where it is that you are. Yes. There's a real difference in people being demeaning to you or people that just tell you what you want to hear and the other people who want you to be your greatest and highest self and push you towards that consistently, whether that be giving you constructive criticism or telling you like, Hey, maybe that's not the path for you. Right. There's a real difference in those two things. So it's just, it, it has to do with us. Like I really looking at our relationships and dissecting, is this serving me or is this holding me where I'm at? Mm, yes, exactly. All right. So, uh, in, in the spirit of storytelling and sharing perspectives and experiences, I want to start doing something new. I want to start uh, asking my guests the same set of questions. Um, so we're gonna, Brittany, you're going to be the, uh, the tester for this. We're going to see how it goes. So the first question is, 
what has been the most difficult lesson that you've had to learn or you st- still may be learning um, on your healing journey? Oh, I just figured out what this one was. <laughs> Good. Yes. Okay. So when I was younger, I grew up, uh, we didn't have a lot of money. And so I have grown up with a lot of like poverty or lack consciousness that I've had a lot of blocks around. Mm-hmm. Right. And so coming with that, I have, that is something that I've always been continuously working on. One day I'm walking my dogs and I'm talking to the trees, talking to nature. And I said, why is it so hard for me to get what I want? And they said, you have a problem receiving. (laughs) You have a problem receiving compliments. Trees, excuse me. you have a problem receiving whether it's gifts compliments love money whatever it is and that has a lot to do with like self-worth and self-value and those things that were put in there as programming you know like as a child but like you don't see that in your reality now like there's all these people that have all this love for you and want to give you things and you know like bless you and you have resistance to that and i said wow okay (laughs) Uh, because that's that's completely true. I still tense up in my body when people give me compliments. And I say, who are you talking to? <laughs> uh, right? And there's a reason for that. Because I know that I am providing value to people. And people love me for who I am. And not that I need to give value to be valuable. But I know, you know, my worth. And it's like there's a disconnect. of receiving and so that is something that I have been very much working on recently whatever somebody wants you know with discernment (laughs) but whatever somebody wants to give me whether that's gifts compliments money tip like whatever it is I say yes and I don't say anything about it I say thank you Thank mm. you so much. I am receiving. I am receiving. I am receiving. That is my new mantra. Mm. I say it all the time. I am receiving. I am receiving. I am receiving. And what I have found is when I started to let go, I started to get so much, much back in return when I stopped fighting it. Mm. I love that. It's like I had worked through all these blocks and I was like, what is wrong? Like, what is keeping me? And then they're like, you doing this to yourself. Mm. I feel that. <laughs> oh, I feel yeah. that so much. Um, Okay, what has been the most helpful to, tool for you throughout this journey, whether it's like a healing modality or a book or a person or a podcast, whatever it is, what do you what has been most helpful for you? Oh, that's a big question. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, instead of talking about something externally, I'm going to say myself. I love that. Because me really loving myself and being compassionate and showing myself forgiveness and trusting myself and knowing that I know what's best for me and not letting other people, you know, come in with their opinions and things like that and overlaying on top of what I know is good, you know, true for my authentic self and feeling into my emotions. That me, me is the greatest one. And I know that sounds a little egotistical, (laughs) but I put my own needs, wants, and feelings and desires on the side for so long of my life because I thought I had to be a servant to everyone and everything. 
Mm. And being helpful is one thing and being a servant to everyone is different. Mm. And so when I really started serving myself, I could help not only me, but other people at such a greater capacity. And, you know, putting myself first, you are the most important relationship in your life because at the end of the day, you have you if nobody else is there. And so the relationship that you have with you is the greatest form of self-love and self-care. Using yourself as a resource. What a concept that I love that. I love that. Um, (laughs) What is a message that you feel called to share with your inner child today? Mm, okay just whatever comes up (laughs) yes I was gonna say that we need to play more Mm. I have been very very stressed and putting so much pressure on myself and oftentimes that's when I feel like I'm losing my magic Mm. and when I can't hear my intuition and when the synchronicities aren't as prevalent as they are and I feel like I'm not my compass is out of whack (laughs) and it's because I'm not having fun and I can hear my inner child in the background saying like, why am I so stressed? Like life isn't supposed to be stressful. Like let's go outside and go play and have fun. And like, you'll get that back. Mm. And so the message to my inner child today was we are going to do that. We are going to do more fun things that don't have anything to do with business or adulty things and just having pure ecstatic fun. (laughs) oh I love it this is so great um (laughs) what is a message that you feel called to share with the version of you that existed this time last year oh that one's very interesting okay (laughs) I would tell her that she needs to stop stressing out so much and that forcing things does not work Mm. and I actually need to hear that message for me today um but, but that but things happen in divine timing they happen when they're supposed to happen and i was having this conversation with someone earlier like last year if i had tried to be on a podcast i would not have been able to articulate myself like i can now and how i feel about things or knowing myself at that deep of a level to tell other people about and so it took me listening to my voice notes and making content and crying and watching myself back and having all those cringy things (laughs) and it wouldn't have worked a year ago Mm. and I wouldn't have been where I am now if I hadn't started then and so just let go and trust in divine timing and have fun and lean into it and life will take you where you're supposed to go Mm. All right. This is the last one before we talk about where people can find you. What would you say, what would you say to someone at the beginning of their healing journey who is feeling very lost, very unsure? Like maybe they're not even aware that they're at the beginning of that journey, but what would you say to that person? I would say be very mindful of the content that you are consuming. Mm. Because when I was on the beginning stages of my healing journey, we like to relate to other people and like what they're going through. So like if you are really sad, it helps you almost process watching sad content because it's like, oh, there's other people who are going through this. But if that is all you're consuming, it reverberates out into your outer reality and it keeps Mm -hmm. that ever present and you keep on getting experiences like that. And it's okay because we want to relate But if the majority of your content is that, that is what you will get back. And so I had to make a very conscious 
decision to only follow things that were going to help me heal or things that were positive. And this is not to say to bypass your emotions and trauma and all these things and not that life isn't negative, but what you consume and put into your subconscious is what you're going to get out and project into your outer reality. And so me, when I was consuming all of this sadness and depression and just all of these things, it was making it worse and compounding on top of one another. And with me being an empath and feeling things so intensely from other people, I thought that their feelings were my own. Mm. and that their thoughts and emotions were my own and it just and I ended up doing a lot more shadow work than I needed to do (laughs) it was like let's do yours and all these other people that you're entertaining participating in watching consuming and so it was very heavy processing so Mm. I say just be very mindful of the things you are consuming on your healing journey Mm. that is great advice um (laughs) All right. So where can people find you? How can they connect with you and and sign up for your sessions? Uh, Yes. So I make a lot of content on Instagram and TikTok. And so you can follow me there at at Soul Harmony Healing. And I also have my website available on my link tree there with all of the many different ways that you can get in touch with me or if you'd like to book sessions. If you would like to book one directly, it is www.soulharmonyhealing.as.me as dot me. All right. Well, like I said at the beginning, I have had an Akashic Records reading with Brittany. I've had Reiki with Brittany. 10 out of 10 recommend. So definitely, definitely hit her up and get yourself scheduled. Um, because just, I can't, I can't say enough about how great those experiences were. So, um, thank you so much for doing this with me. I know we could talk forever and ever, and I'm sure this isn't the last time we'll, we'll do this, but, um, and I will see you all next time. Yes. Thank you so much, Amanda, for having me on. This was absolutely wonderful. I enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Bye everybody. Bye.